0: Well, welcome to this edition of Human Wisdom. Uh, we're gonna record a podcast and a video event for this World Suicide Prevention Week. I'm Manoj Krishna, I'm the founder of the Human Wisdom Project. And with me are two guests. John D. Waitus is a tapping trainer and practitioner and a human wisdom coach and has had more than 20 years of experience dealing with clients. And Ms. Tina Marie, who is a leadership speaker and life strategist. She was a police officer in New York City for 12 years and also a special education teacher. Both of them are based in Atlanta in Georgia in the United States, and I'm here in England. And we're hoping that as a result of this conversation, even if one person's life is saved, we would have done our job. And if this resonates with you who are listening, please share it widely. Okay. so. Suicide is, well, people taking their own lives, about 800,000 a year, and 20 times as many attempt to do so. In the UK, the charity Mind says one in five adults will consider taking their own life at some point in their lives. And interestingly, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta actually said 54% of people who attempted to take their life had no history of it, and no previous history of mental illness. It's the biggest cause of death in young people. Um, so John if do you want to get the ball rolling? What's the context of this discussion? It's about prevention, isn't it?
1: I really think it is. Uh, forewarned is forearmed is a phrase most of you have heard. And one of those, um, unpackings is that if we're interested in learning how to help ourselves and others we want to become more informed and then we want to gather resources which we want to learn and practice now because we never know none of us when life is going to take a sudden turn a dramatic turn or a sustained turn that is going to be very difficult to handle so what we're really talking about is prevention is learning some coping strategies and interventions that are going to be helpful when things suddenly turn
0: awry. Okay, And Tina Marie, you've been a police officer for 12 years. You've had your share of these experiences. What's your perspective on on the subject?
2: My perspective on the topic of taking one's life is to be preventative. Because life, despite challenges, obstacles, Hand grenades being thrown, curveballs being thrown at you, possibly on a daily basis. As we stated before, is to have a person of support, even if that one person is you. Yes, we go through difficult moments. Build within yourself and have talk to somebody. That's one of the key points for me, is talking to someone I can trust and say, look, I'm feeling this way. What are your suggestions? Or what have I relied on before that has pulled me through the most difficult challenges? Because there is light at the end of the tunnel, even though you may be in the darkest moment or the darkest point of that tunnel, there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yes. And just to be clear that this discussion is really primarily aimed at actually everyone, because you never know when life is going to throw a curveball or a hand grenade, as you said it's probably not as helpful for those who are actively considering taking their own life. And for those, you just need to pause here and get professional medical help. Right? So we should just make that clear.
1: Thank you for that, because we are not talking about an on-demand service. No. We are talking about education and information that might lead you to develop the kind of resources you're going to need to put into play when that happens to you or someone you care for that's near you. Yes. Okay. So much needed awareness.
0: Yes. And Tina Marie, you were saying earlier about you being a police officer and it's quite common in police officers as well.
2: Yes, it is. It's one of the number one killers of a police officer, Mm -hmm. because not only are we caring for the community, we're also caring for our fellow brothers and sisters in blue. And sometimes that is not easy, and that's not a made, made aware of in the community. There, there was a saying in, in our in our command, we're fighting demons within. It's the number one silent killer for officers in New York City and globally.
0: Right. So that's and, a sobering that- Thank you. That's a really sobering thought. And what we're saying is that this information that we're going to explore now is like learning to swim. So when the challenges of life come, you're ready and you don't go under. Well, John D., you had another analogy for that.
1: And so thank you for saying that uh, to remind me. Everybody in our country knows what a fire drill is. It is about being prepared and ready to know what to do. Yes. That's the basic idea. However, there's lots of things that you can do to keep the fire away from the building, meaning the possibility of that. And some of them are the very simple ones that are so crucial that Tina Marie talked about, which is there's a big myth that if we say it out loud or we talk about it, that increases the chances or possibilities that the fire or the ending of one's life might take place. We know it's a myth though. It's just something we got in our head. So to her point, Talking about it is one of the things you can do to fireproof your building. If you have someone you trust, and as Dr. Daniel Siegel says all the time, at least one person that gets you means it's safe to be able to talk to them about I'm having these feelings or I feel so weighed down or heavy. The other things we can do are like you said, preventative measures we learn. Mm -hmm. I have a toolbox it is here it has all kinds of things because all kinds of circumstances demand different kinds of tools and i practice them like a fire drill in advance so that i'm prepared and ready so much like the fire building alarm goes off the boots and the clothing are all laid out there's no more thinking When you've learned something, there is the doing. And that's what we need in emergency.
0: Absolutely. Okay. I'd just like to pick up your point about relationships. Mm. Because now is the time to nurture those relationships, to have relationships with depth and meaning, so that when the challenges of life arrive, you've already got those relationships in place where you can reach out, talk, and so on. It's too late to start building meaningful relationships when the challenges are already on your doorstep, right? Mm. Um, mm. Okay, so I think it's really important to nurture the quality and depth of our relationships now. Because quite often, we're so busy with careers and children and uh, you know all of that stuff. We don't realize how important these relationships are And it's absolutely vital, isn't it? I
1: I want to jump in here and say, yes, 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 a thousand times yes. And I mean, this is one of the reasons that we see behind veterans. I've worked with veterans for a long time. When veterans come back, they have lost the brotherhood, which means they have, or sisterhood. They have lost the relationship, which was very intense, very tight, and very um, uh, frequent. Right. So you had all this, and suddenly you're back and you're out and you're not, Mm. which means that we have the perception of aloneness without relationship. You know, humans are relational critters. We are. But the idea that we're alone occurs to everybody at some point, but it's almost never true. Mm. And one of the prevention ideas that we're talking about is fostering and nurturing relationship so we are truly not alone. And we see that it's normal to feel many of these things, but not alone. And we have relationships as yet another protective factor in our lives that we can call upon. Yes.
0: But these are relationships where you can share your heart. You can be vulnerable. And I think for men, particularly, you, know, you might have a lot of buddies you go to watch sports with or drink with, but you've still got to find one or two people you can open your heart to and say, this is how I'm feeling. And it's okay to share, you know, be vulnerable and so on. And if you haven't got that person in your life or you haven't learned how to do that, now is the time to build that relationship before the storm arrives, right? Okay, so so the first thing we could do is just breathe. Right? The Human Wisdom Map has lots of breathing exercises and you can teach yourself a simple breathing exercise to just help you connect with the present, get out of your head and calm down. Yes. We're talking about this toolkit, John Lee. Let's, let's use that analogy. There's a toolbox with various skills. One of them was breathing. And again, there's lots of breathing exercises on the Human Wisdom Map. The second so, thing is the ability to zoom out because when a challenge comes our mind zooms in and thinks for example if someone if i failed an exam my whole life is a failure or if someone i love has left me then i'm my whole life is you know going to be bereft so zooming out allows us to regain perspective and realize it's just one incident in a lifetime and it you know, and once you see it in perspective, then it loses its uh, firepower, if you like.
1: Um. Yes, and, and I, I, w- I wanted to even put something right in the middle there. The, the breathing is a physiological thing that's been with us since mankind, as mm. far as we know, right? But the addressing the body when it is arrested by something, That is when we're doing what I call emotional first aid or psychological first aid, because the zooming out is not as available to me when I am hijacked in my body. That means my brain has like Daniel Siegel says, flipped my lid. I don't. I don't have the capacity to do that so i'd say breathing and then any of the body techniques there are lots and lots learn them to help your body get back into itself right balance into a parasympathetic state of balance right then we can say Let's zoom out, let's look, let's, let's get a bigger perspective on this if we can, and if we can't, we have relationships to help us.
0: Okay, zoom. can you share a simple body technique, John Dee, that for absolutely. our listeners and users, just something very simple they could do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Here's one of my favorite, it's actually called self-havening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an adaptation of many of the tapping skills I teach, but let's go like this together, put your hands on top of your shoulders yeah. and then smoothly slide down to the elbow and use the pressure to feel your own hands on your own body just coming back into the body. Now you do this with your breathing. So it's like I start breathing and then I automatically go to a practiced body smoother mm-hmm. like this. And as I feel myself coming back into my body then I can say okay is there anyone here I can talk to Hmm. or what is a good thing to do I'm back in my body now I have my brain back what let me think about that let me look where is my toolbox
0: okay all right so now you've done that you've done some breathing you've done a body technique a bo- uh, and then you've zoomed out you just regained perspective someone you loved has left you but hey you'll find love again you failed an exam but you sit another one <laughs> you know you've lost your job or your business has gone down it'll you'll find something else to do so that's the zooming out what about being grateful such an important skill at that time, part of the toolbox to realize that your life isn't a failure, it's not all you know doom and gloom. There's so much you still have to be grateful for. True. Tina Marie, do you well, want
1: to start that? I, yes. Go ahead, Tina Marie.
0: About being grateful. You're on mute, Tina Marie. Yes, now you yeah, go ahead.
2: You definitely sorry, you definitely have to be grateful. And one thing I want to touch on before I elaborate on the gratefulness is the relationship. We speak about the relationships with others, but we don't speak about the relationship with ourselves. Okay. We have to be okay with the relationship and be grateful to have a relationship with ourselves because we leave ourselves less in all areas. Um, gratefulness is one of the principles I live by, even during the challenges, to be even grateful for the challenges because the challenges help you grow. Right. Help you expand, help you stretch even if it's uncomfortable. We learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and that's okay. That's truly okay. It's okay not to be okay sometimes. And sometimes we as individuals especially men, you know, and children and we don't teach children often enough that it's okay not to be okay. We can't be, you know, positive you know, Mr. or Mr. Miss Positivity all the time. Yes, even though we try, it's a myth.
0: And you talked earlier about people blaming themselves, and obviously that uh, in that situation isn't helpful either, right?
2: Yes, it, it, it's not helpful. Um, it, it's something that we do, I, I believe, sometimes unconsciously, and that we have to break that habit. That's a bad habit. You know, stop blaming yourself. Some things are, things are going to fail as much as they succeed it, yeah. and it's going to happen. It, it, it's, not a, it's not right or wrong. You know, it's something that happens.
0: I think that's a beautiful point that you go through life wanting to be successful, but not prepared to meet failure and just to realize that sometimes things are going to fail.
1: It's, it is, in fact about timing with your readiness, but we have to build that toolbox so that you can apply them as you're ready.
0: In every situation, I think there are make a list, write it down of all the things you have to be grateful for despite all the things that are going on in your life. You might have your health, you might have the love of loved ones, you might have a skill, you might have a job, whatever it is, there will be things you can lean on that you still have to be grateful. If nothing else, be grateful for air and for (laughs) this gift of life on earth, right? Because in the end- Can I also- Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, can I also point out that as part of our human design, we are in fact designed to see every bad thing that could potentially happen to us as a survival mechanism. That's our design. And so when we get into gratitude, it's a deliberate conscious act to get into gratitude. It takes 10 times as many positive grateful things to counter one negative. So now that we know that that's just part of our design, we can very clearly and truthfully say, I'm seeing all the bad things that could possibly happen. I am aware of that. And yet I'm consciously choosing to say, okay, but are there some good things? Is there anything here that I can recall now? And that is part of the toolbox too. Yes.
0: Okay, so one more thing to add to the toolbox is to realize that all this is going to pass. Whatever the storm is right now, Mm -hmm. it's raining, but you are not the rain. You're gonna walk through it. You're gonna get through. And in five years Mm -hmm. time, this won't matter. Whatever it is. And just to get that perspective, again, is not easy because your mind is on fire and you're wanting to escape from that emotional pain, as you said. And this is why people think of taking their own lives. But it's so important to remind ourselves at this time that in five years it won't matter. All this. Every storm runs out of rain, as Maya Angelou said once. Uh, love that yeah. line. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, What's the next thing we can put in our toolbox?
1: Well, when, we, when we're looking at all these tenants, we want to understand that it's human nature to want to self-soothe. But often we run to self-soothers that aren't very good for us. Right. right. So I talk you a kinetic self-soother, but many of us, and a lot of this depends on our culture and our experience, uh, run to uh, the bottle or the pillbox or the behaviors that allow us to escape from the bad feeling. Mm. So it's human to want to soothe. And it's also human to go for things that aren't always good for us.
0: Yes, you want to numb the pain and alcohol and drugs are there to numb your pain, but they just make things worse, aren't they? I remember when I used to be a spine surgeon, one of my, I came across the story in my career where a man lost his brother and blamed himself in some way, then took to the bottle, and it was the alcohol that killed him 20 years later, and he took his life. Because as soon as you take alcohol and drugs, your mind loses further capacity to do something to heal itself
2: one thing that we also have to do within our awareness of this conversation and this connection is break try to you know wholeheartedly and and i speak from the heart as always consciously break the myth especially and put this in the toolbox is it's okay to talk and receive professional help okay
0: so now we've come to this point where we realize that we've got this emotional pain, which we find unbearable, Dee, and we're, we, our mind is saying we cannot cope with it anymore. We want to escape, And taking our life is one way. But we can is there a fresh way that we can offer to help somebody cope? with this unbearable emotional pain they may be feeling. Now, we talked about that before in one of our um, podcasts that we did before on dealing with emotional pain. What could we <laughs> offer someone who's feeling that way?
1: Well, I, I, I do think we've, we've been covering that, and this is another version of that, right? I do believe the idea is get out of your head, Mm. right? Which is one of the reasons we start with breathing. Get out of your head because our head is often telling us things that aren't true or a heightened version of reality that is not helpful. Mm. So get out of your head, get back into your body. That is my fresh approach. Mm. And Human wisdom is bringing all these things to light in the app, making these conversations available to us so that we can reconsider how we've been doing it. That is the fresh report.
0: I think one of the things for me that works really well is to meet something without language. Now, we've talked about this before. You see, all our sorrow and our emotional pain is kept alive by our thinking. So if we can meet... The pain, and as we talked about, be with it completely without moving from it and let it flow through you, just as you you, you, you experience your breathing, for example, or hunger. If you can be with this feeling and not escape from it, it dissolves because you cut off the oxygen supply, which is thinking. Now, it's a skill, and there's a module in the app to teach you how to do that. But it's something all of us can learn. it's really requires us to be simple. If you can do that, then whatever emotional pain you're suffering can dissolve momentarily, giving you options that you could consider in terms of what to do next. Right.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Okay. I appreciate that very much.
0: Okay. And. What about forgiveness? Let's talk about that. Because quite often, people carry all the pain of their past, don't they? Whether it's PTSD or post-traumatic stress or, you know, whatever that's happened may have happened five years ago or 10 years ago. But that suffering is continuing now. And you either blame yourself or you blame somebody else and that suffering becomes too much for you. So has forgiveness got a role to play? And how can we uh, summon that resource for ourselves? What do you think?
2: I definitely concur with what Jandi has said. Um, and I honor both of you and you know, thank you, Jandi, for taking that page out of my playbook because I believe we don't forgive ourselves. And, and it has to start there. If we learn, it, and it's an action. It's a daily action. Um, I do something that I have in my toolbox. Okay. And I admittedly say it's a woman's toolbox. Um, I do a daily self-check. And forgiveness is part of it. I do it in the morning and I do it in the evening. I ask my creator, God, as I believe my faith, that's another principle for me, is I do a daily self-check of forgiveness. Have I forgiven myself for things that I did unseen or seen and i ask myself the question did i truly forgive myself and i ask myself daily what is forgiveness for me today because it can mean things differently throughout the day or throughout several days and different circumstances you're going through and have i forgiven someone else for my impression of them hurting me mm-hmm. you know and can i fit in the forgiveness just like can we sit in other emotions? Can we sit in the seat of forgiveness? Or can we give forgiveness to ourselves and to others?
0: Yes. You know, what makes it easier for me to forgive myself and others for whatever might have happened, and I'm sure, like everyone, I've had my share of life's events, is to realize that deep down, we're the same human being. All of us. And we all
2: have weaknesses.
0: We, well, we, being human is a flawed state. <laughs> it's not a perfect state at all. We just have to make the most of what we've been given. Which is very imperfect to start with, the way our mind functions, and so on. That's and sweet. I just, but deep down, I think that person's heart beats the same way as mine. You know. And they are also being governed by their self-interest, their fear, their conditioning, just as I am. My mind is also governed by the same processes that they are. And so in the end, once I see that clearly, my angst and anger and all that kind of just dissolves. But I'd like to add something about self-forgiveness, which is also, to bring in this idea of disappointment. You know, I'm disappointed with myself, I'm a failure. I hear that quite often, you know, from people. Well, I'm 45, I've got, I'm single, I haven't got any children, no house, no, whatever it might be, you know. And I think, again, we punish ourselves by imposing all these ideals on where we should be in our lives, not realizing that just to be human is a gift that's much more than anything else you need. The birds in your garden, they just sing a song all day long. <laughs> you know, they don't aspire to be anything other than just being simply a bird. And so we could just be simply human and wake up to the extraordinary gift it is to be human and start seeing the extraordinary all around us, in nature, in people, where we are in the universe and so on you know there's so much to be grateful and to marvel at in the world okay any um closing thoughts john D? I think we've covered most things in that toolbox i'll summarize that at the end but i'll just hear what you and tina marie have to add before we do that
1: i think i just reiterate a couple of things one There is no such thing as perfection. I think it would really help us all a lot to figure that one out. Um, Just investigate that. Two, it all starts with us. As much as I want to blame somebody else, as much as I want to look at the circumstances, the this, the that, the they, everything that I have power over starts with me. That feeling, that sensation, that idea, it all starts with me, so
0: I have to start with Tina Marie, any last thoughts?
2: Uh, I would add, be graceful with yourself. Mm -hmm. Give yourself some room for forgiveness and to love yourself. Remember, we're all flawed, as you said so wonderfully, Minaj. We are all simply human. Remember, the same heart that beats in you beats in another person. Yes.
0: Let me end by telling a story and then just summarizing the toolbox. And you'll see how that toolbox could have saved a person's life, simple as that. So a father stood up at an educational conference I'd gone to, and he said, my son went to university. He was 18. We had a great relationship. He went to university, never came back. That was just four to six months ago. He'd got into university was a very bright kid in school, of course, but in university was just one of many. Maybe, you know, his grade fell behind in his grades, et cetera. And the first thing the father heard was he'd taken his own life. This is such a common story. So let's look at our toolbox and see how this can help somebody who's either failed an exam or lost a loved one and so on. So first thing, breathe or do the soothing, the kinetic thing that John Lee talked about. Running your hand from your shoulders down to your elbows, both sides. Connects you, get out of your head. You could go for a walk or a swim or a run, anything to get you out of your head, that's number one. Number two, zoom out. Realize you only failed an exam. How many people have been so successful in life who failed exams? I mean, there's a long list or never been to college or university or whatever. So, or who've lost loved ones, but found love again. So whatever it is, you can zoom out and see the bigger picture. Then as you said, Tina Marie, you could be grateful, right? There's so much we have to be grateful for. Our life, our loved ones, our health, the sky, the air, we're on this planet at this time and so on. Realize that this will pass. That's number four in the toolbox everything passes. Every storm runs out of rain. Meet it without language. Let it flow through you. Avoid soothing yourself with drugs and alcohol because that just makes it worse. Reach out and talk to somebody. Open your heart. Be vulnerable. Share how you really feel. Build those relationships now. And remember, it may be raining, but you are not the rain. <laughs> You're gonna walk through it and get through to the other side. Tina Marie, you spoke about forgiveness, forgive yourself. John, D. talked about forgiving others because we realize deep down, we're the same human being. And we hope that these, this discussion and these tips in your toolbox, if you like, may help you develop them for yourself now So that when the challenges of life come, when the storm comes, you're ready with your toolbox and you can deal with that storm and not uh, go under. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, to Tina Marie and to John D. And um, thank you for listening. And if this resonates with you, please share it with others. It might, we hope, save a life. This podcast came to you from the Human Wisdom Project. If you'd like to find out more about any of the issues we've discussed, please download and have a look at the Human Wisdom app. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.